Hi everyone, welcome to the Idiots Podcast, that's infectious disease insight of two specialists. I'm Jane, that's Callum, and we're going to tell you everything you need to know about infectious disease. Soon may the editing come to discontinue the Tezo sun. One day when the syrup is done, we'll take our leave and go. So that was then, and this is now, and Sabato is now published, Callum. It's very exciting. I think everybody that works with Staphylococcus bacteremia will be very glad to see this paper out. So Absolutely, yeah, it. yeah, and it's a, I, I would regard it as a must read, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, I'm sure you're all wondering, as I was wondering, having done a journal club on the preprint, and we'd recorded an episode on the preprint. But loyal listener, what has changed between the preprint and the final publication. Oh, if only we had some sort of direct communication from the lead author. I know. Well, these lead authors are awfully busy, and I presume uh, Prof Cash is taking a well-earned break after what sounded like a mammoth effort to get this paper out. Absolutely. Ab- absolutely, Calm. Let me let me just check the Idiots Podcast email password. What do we have here? <laughs> <laughs> what have you forwarded here, Callum? It's an, e- <laughs> it's an email from Prof Cash, who very kindly responded to my little plea for uh, a, a, a summary of changes, because I think I might have lost a little to live if I had had to go through every single line trying to figure out what was different and what mm. wasn't. Oh, very much. So what are the what are the highlights of what, what changed between the preprint and, and what got published in... Uh, Lancet ID, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think overall, reading through the there's a, a sort of document that he forwarded us with the um, track changes on the initial submission and the final submission, and I think it's important to say that not really much changed. Like the, I think the outcomes are still the same. The main changes were around some of the statistics, some of how it was reported, and how the um, how the, how it's generalized, I guess, from the data. Yeah. So they he he's included a few bullet points here in the email. They, um, you know, they focused more on on the ITT population than the clinically valuable uh, uh, population, and that's because of a a change in uh, EMA guidance um, that happened actually whilst the study was was going on. So sort of saying that you should focus more on ITT. Even if you're doing a non-inf study, which I don't really understand the logic of fully, Callum, but there we go. Uh, what else? Um, there was another point that actually, although they included people with MRSA, given their quite stringent selection, there were ended up being quite a few. There wasn't very many cases of MRSA, and so they added a comment saying that it might it may not be generalizable. Um, and I think there's an there's an important question there, which is. You know, we say MRSA is one thing and MSSA is a completely different entity, but it is still the same organism. And just because it's got the MECA gene, you know, a lot of the oral agents that were used would be suitable for either. So. Well, I mean, all of them were, which was, which was the thing that I was um, that I asked him about uh, when we met at at, at FIS in, in November was was why we weren't using all three of the agents in in each. For both MSSA and MRSA, and the uh, the the reasoning that he that he gave when we were talking after his uh, talk, he was generous generously gave me a few minutes. Was 
that basically back when they started Linezlid, using Linezlid for MSSA was, you know, not really um, uh, very commonly done. You know, when the protocol was written for this trial, it must have been 2012 or 2011, you know, Linezlid was fairly new on the block. Mm. And so for that reason, they they sort of held it back for, for MRSA. And uh, yeah, the... Uh, you know, we talk about them as if they're two separate entities. I don't really fully understand why having replaced your PBP2 with your PBP2A and therefore transforming from MSSA to MRSA, that affects your response to any other antibiotic. And so I, I kind of, that, that generalizability argument, I find um, not a very good argument, frankly. Yeah, but, you know, I guess... It's peer review, so mm. it's going to be a variance of opinions. Of course. Yeah. The other thing that they did was they added in some extra subgroup analyses and tables in the supplementary appendix for MRSA versus MSSA, and also for gender differences between the arms. To further detail about the rationale for the early trial stop. And finally, I think they had tried to avoid uh, introducing p-values into their statistical analysis as per the New England Journal of Medicine, and I guess readers that are familiar with this will be aware that there's been a lot of debate over years about whether p-values are actually useful and should they be included. Uh, so they are now in the final version, they weren't in the preprint, uh, or they weren't always there. Hmm. Uh, they're partially reintroduced. Yeah, fine, just different journals requirements, I suppose. And that's it. That's the Sabato trial. Go out and give it a read. Enjoy. Now that the episode's done, we hope you learn and had lots of fun. So go forth and treat people with some of what you now know.